That's normal. <laughs> hey, good morning, everybody. It is so good to see you this morning, and uh, so good to be here again today with each one of you. As we get started this morning, I just want to th- I, I want to say thank you again. But I, I do want to say this: if you want to hear me, um, if those are if there are those of you that want to hear me, my youngest son is over here this morning, and he so loves hearing me. He just records everything that I say. Just reach out to him, and he'll say, "Oh yeah, Dad's valuable." That just we want to. Yeah, that might not be the case there, right? But uh, th- thank you so much for being here this morning. And um, I, I want to say th- again, thank you to each one of you. Thank you for your encouragement over this past year. Uh, it has been a pleasure. It has been my pleasure. It has been my honor to be here to come and to speak on a weekly basis with you, um, hopefully, to, hopefully to encourage you. I, I know this. I know that I have been encouraged by you over this year, and hopefully you have been encouraged through this process. Hopefully each one of us, hopefully you, myself, Hopefully we have grown in our relationship with Christ, right? Ideally, that is why we join together every week. We want to be encouraged by fellow believers. We want to be lifted up by those around us. We want to be reminded to pray for those that are in need. We want to be reminded to rejoice with those that rejoice. We want to be reminded to carry the burdens of those that carry burdens. We want to be reminded that we cry. We mourn with those who mourn. So it, is a, it has been a pleasure to be here. I hope that you have been encouraged Thank you so much. Thank you to Pastor Jeff for the work that he does to keep everything going. Um, I show up on Sunday mornings so often, and uh, the workers back there, they have everything up here. And our band, don't, don't they do a great job every week? They do a great job every week. Yeah. Um, as I always say, thank you as well to those that work in the back with the children's ministry, right? That's the one that we need to kneel I don't know how they do it, right? There they go. No, thank you to those of you that do that so much. We are so thankful for each one of you. What a great opportunity to be a part of a ministry that is reaching the lives of people, not only here in Conklin, but also around the world. A great thing to hear about reaching to the, to the two crisis pregnancy in our area. Jeff, thank you for bringing that fact to us 100%. I didn't realize. How about that? That was tremendous. And then also to help, uh, help our fellow believers around the world, even in India. What a great opportunity that is for us as a church to be a part of that. Well, we sang um, Promise Keeper, right? Somebody that works miracles, right? Um, how important is it for you in your life to know that we have somebody that keeps their promises? We have a God that keeps his promises and is at work in your life. He is at work in my life. And we can say thank you for that. And we are, it's important for us to remember that because we're in this series, we're in week two of a two-part series, right? So we're in the final part of a series that we were talking about Jesus talks money. Um, And Jesus talks money. And I don't know about you, but money, my money talks as well. My money says goodbye, correct? (laughs) Are some of you familiar with that one? Yeah, you have the same money, huh? I've got it. That's what mine says. Goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. But last week, as we looked at this, as we started this series, just a short series, just a reminder in our lives of money, um, I just want to remind you, Jesus talked about money. As a matter of fact, of the 35, 36, 38, 37, 38 uh, parables that Jesus spoke, 16 of them, 16 of them referred to money. So it's important. Jesus knew that money battles for our hearts, right? It wasn't the money that was important to God. It's the heart that's important to Jesus when he talks about it, 
right? It's, the, it's our heart condition always that he was reaching for, that he was going after, that he was, that he was taking aim at in those parables. And he spoke about that so that we would be aware, so that we would know, so that we'd be prepared. But one of the things that uh, we looked at last week was the idea that um, more, when it comes to money, more is never enough, Correct. More is never enough. Anybody here just saying, yeah, I've got too much. I said that last week. Nobody's just standing at the back door. Here, I just had too much this week. Take more, take more, take more, right? Um, But our problem comes from this idea that we think it's all from me. We think it's all for me. And I always think that I have more time. You know what? Maybe I'll give to the Crisis Pregnancy Center next year because I... I really can't this year. And for some of us, that's, that's true, right? Because you're, you're in a bind, you're in a pinch, and you're there like we're working through a process to get ourselves out of debt so that we can bless and give to others later in life. But one of the things that we were reminded of last year, or excuse me, last week, is that we want to be encouraged in our lives. We want to encourage you to give regularly. Give proportionately. Maybe it's just a small percentage. Maybe that's all you can start with. Maybe you're in a financial crisis and a financial situation right now where you feel like, boy... 110% of what I make goes out. Anybody in those conditions? Yeah, that's, that's where we're at, right? And it seems so hard to give, but maybe if we could just start with just a proportion, just may, maybe just a small percentage that we start with, and then give sacrificially as well. That's that where we want to be. And the other part that I added on there was just think, right? So often in life, our, our money comes in and we spend, and then if there's enough, we save, and then if there's still enough after that, we give, Right? And I tried to remind you, let's flip-flop that in our minds. Let's, let's start with the give. If we can get it to the point where we give first, where we save second, right? We save. Why? We, need, we, we do have retirement or we have something coming up, right? There might be problems that come up in our lives or somewhere along the line. You're going to need a new car. You're going to need your car fixed. Whatever it is, we need to save for that. And then we live on that other proportion. It's, a, it's flip-flopping the, the way that things so normally work in our lives. And as uh, Pastor Jeff mentioned, um, one of the things that we looked at last week was this whole idea of gratitude, sending your text. And we would encourage you, if you did not do this la- last week, send, your te- send, that, send a text right to that number and get started on this, on this thankful, on this gratitude journey together. And you will be texted back and you will be texted a reminder throughout the, once, once a week for the next 10 weeks, I guess for the next nine weeks probably, all right, to, be, to, set, to, uh, to hey, Remember, you want to be part of this gratitude challenge. You want to be part of that that's sending out a thank you, whether that's a card, whether it's a text, whether it's a phone call, something along those lines where we are showing that we are thankful to those that are around us. Well, this morning, money um, does another thing to us, right? Money can cause us to become anxious. Money can cause us to worry right? Are you in that boat? There's a lot of things that cause me to worry. There are a lot of things that can cause you to have an anxious spirit, an anxious heart. I remember when Deb and I first were married, we, uh, we had a friend that worked at a credit union. He said, hey, why don't you guys come work for us for the summer? We're going to need some workers. And uh, so we said, sure, that sounds like a great thing to do for the summer. So we went in. And I remember day one, it's going well. They're introducing you to everything you need to do. And then there's the security guy, do you guys know security guys? I ain't no security people, all right? Um, former law enforcement, whatever you want to be there, all right? But what do they take note of? They take notice of some of the things that can happen. And I remember as we were sitting in there, one of the things that he talked about is he was trying to warn us of all the things that could go wrong working at this credit union and all things like that, and even of bomb threats. And I remember thinking, and I am I, certain that I said to Deb that night when we went home, bomb threats? 
It's not that important to us to have a summer job that we're going to go live through bomb threats, right? Um, there were no bomb threats, all right? But certainly there was a potential for that. But had we fallen to the anxiety, right, to the worry, bomb threat? I'm not coming in for this. This job's not worth that. I'm not doing that, right? Um, I, I think the same thing whenever, how, how many of you um, see the pharmaceutical commercials on television? Right? The end of the pharmaceutical commercial, you wonder why anybody would ever take anything to do with that drug. Right? I, I don't know what it is. I'm going to grow a third head. I'm gonna, I, I don't know what's going to happen to me. But I mean, whatever it is, if that's what's going to happen, I certainly, I certainly can't take this drug. And, right? it, and I understand they have to, they have to do that. We, we live in a society full of, full of litigation, full of, right? So they've got to make you aware of that. But things get us anxious. The other, thing that, the other thing that I look at in my life, I have worked with, and it's because I failed to grow up. I, I was thinking about this this week. I've worked with teens in some sort or young adults um, since I was uh, 21. Now that means it's only been 10 years. <laughs> sure, now you wake up. Thanks. Um, but anyway, I've worked with teens for all these years. And one of the things that I remember back when I first came out of college, actually when I, when I was a senior in college, I, I, did, a, I did a practicum. Um, I, I did an internship with a, with a local high school down there, uh, working with a sports team there. And then I have worked with uh, high school students all of my life since then. That's 30 plus years since then. Uh, the only time that I didn't work for, uh, with high school students was a two-year stint where I worked with college students. And right, they're just high school students two years older, right? There you go. So that's how, that's how I made. And sometimes they behave worse. That was when I was in seminary, but uh, working with them. And, and I was thinking about that. One of the things that I've noticed in today's world, and I, and I, start, I was talking to a handful of uh, teenage girls about this a couple years ago that started turning my brain on this, uh, the anxiety that they have in life. And, and I remember for me, I'm there like, anxiety? What do you have to be anxious about? Come on, give me a break. You're, you're here, you, you got your parents, you're playing sports, you're perfectly fine. And, and, and suddenly in talking with them, I realized, you know what, the, the way I may feel about it, what I may think about them, the way I may think, excuse me, not about them, but about being anxious, you know what, that doesn't address them. They are anxious. And then we do live, we do have a society, a culture that certainly prays or can certainly cause us to be anxious, right? Did you ever think about it? They won't have enough money to go to college, or if you're playing sports, you're not going to be good enough to get into the college that you want to go to, or if you're playing sports, you're going to let down your mom and dad because you're suddenly saying, you know what, I've played it since I was three, and I'm so tired of it, I don't want to play it anymore, and mom and dad are going to be upset with me, and now what do I do with that, all right? Um, maybe, it's, maybe my friends are going to be different, or maybe that team's too tough, or maybe I won't be good enough to play on that team, or let's jump into another thing. Why even work at it anyway? The world's going to end in 10 years anyway. Take a look. Haven't you, read, haven't you heard about fossil fuels and all that stuff? We're doomed. We're done. Why live? I laugh at that one sometimes because I remember the preacher that stands on the corner with the sign, repent the world ends tomorrow. He's crazy. Does that get me in trouble to say But the person that stands over here and says the world ends tomorrow, it's going to, uh, I, I don't know. That gets me into a political world. We should avoid that altogether. Anyway. Anxious and anxiety and worry. I don't know where you're at on that spectrum, where you are at on that scale, but I would imagine that there are some things that can bring you anxiety. Maybe it's the last two years of life, right? Maybe you're there thinking about, ooh, vax, not vax, what do I do? I, I don't know. 
All right, how do we live with it in this whole situation? Maybe your family. And that can be from any range. My parents bring me anxiety. My children bring me anxiety. My spouse brings me anxiety. All around, we, we have anxiety that comes. And maybe some of it's good. Maybe some of it's because of rough relationships. Maybe some of it's just because of life that is happening. And I'm anxious. I'm nervous. What's going to take place? Maybe it's your future. You're not sure about your future. Maybe you're a teen looking to go to school, and they're like, what am I going to do? Maybe you're an adult, and you're concerned about, I, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know about my health. I don't know about my income. I don't know where I'm at. I, I don't know that I've prepared enough. I don't know that I'm taking care of enough. Maybe it's your finances, right? Sometimes our finances can cause us to worry. I believe finances are still the number one issue when it comes to couples and marriage and divorce, correct? Finances arguing about them. You see, finances are something that can cause us and bring us worry, all right? So I thought as I looked at this, what is the antidote? What is, what is, what is it that we can do in our lives? What is, the, what is the thing that we can do in our lives to fight against anxiety, to fight against worry, this thing that comes at us and attacks us and tries to grab us and tries to pull me down. And if, I, if I'm not cautious, it does. I just spend my day worrying about what's going to happen tomorrow. And then I worry about what's going to happen next week. And then I worry about what's going to happen next month. And that doesn't even get me to next year. And then 10 years down the line and all of that, right? So what's the antidote that I can grab onto? What does it work? How does it work? In our lives, and the antidote to the anxiety, and the anxiety, and to the antidote to worry, is trust. Trust. Trusting God is better than worry. But this is what I know about that statement. It is so so easy to say. As a matter of fact, it's even it's even easy to believe. I would bet that almost every one of you in here would say yes to that statement. Yes to trusting God is better than worry. I don't think anybody here, yeah, no. I don't think trusting God is better than worry. I'd rather worry. All right, I don't think anybody here is thinking that this morning. So, so we all think this, all right, and yet we still struggle in this world of worry. So what is it? Is there something that we can work? Is there some way that that we can be reminded in our lives? Is there something that God has made clear to us that, you know what, maybe just a little bit a day, maybe just a baby step forward, a baby step forward, a baby step forward can take me out of this worry that wants to grab onto and wants to hold me back and wants to grab onto my life. Well, we are going to look at the words of Jesus because Jesus speaks right into this. Jesus addresses the situation. And one of the great things about the when, when Jesus steps in and addresses a situation, he does so with clarity. He does so with simplicity. He does so with meaning that can be understood. He doesn't stand there and beat you over the head and say, you're really stupid. What's the matter with you? I told you not to worry. Cast all your cares on me. Come on, what are you thinking? But rather, Jesus works with us. And he works, well, let's just take a look at his words. It's going to be in the book of Luke. As a matter of fact, the passage that we're looking at is Luke chapter 12. This follows on what we looked at last week. Last week, remember? All right, we're talking about the rich man who said, hey, I need to build bigger barns. I've got so much stuff, I need bigger barns. So let me build bigger, bigger barns. 
gave no grace to God, gave no thanks to God. And what did he do? God said, you know what? Today, your life is going to be required of you. And following that parable that Jesus spoke, he is going to go forward, going to continue on, and he's going to speak, and he's going to say these words. Then Jesus said to his disciples, therefore, all right, and that therefore is there for a reason, looking back at what I just said the past, was in the past. The guy said, I want to build bigger barns, and his life was gone. So Jesus said, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. Those are common things to worry about, right? We're worried about food. We're worried about what we're going to eat. What's our meal going to be today? What are we going to have? All right. What am I going to wear? And even more so back in that day, more time for preparation, more time for fixing your, fixing your clothing, right? All of that. But Jesus continues and he says, for life is more than food and the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap, they have no storeroom or barn, right? Not like the rich man who was building a bigger one. Yeah, the ravens, they don't have this, all right? Yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable you are than the birds. You're so much more valuable. You have more value to God than even the birds do. Won't he take care of you? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? All my concern, all that I'm worried about, all that I am looking for out there and, and just brings me down and weighs me down, doesn't add a single hour to my life. As a matter of fact, I'm sure that medical, the medical world would say it probably de takes hours away from your life. Jesus continues on and says, since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? And then he continues on, consider Consider how the wildflowers grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today, and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? And then he closes it, and do not set your heart. Do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it. For the, pagan, for the pagan world runs after all such things. And your father knows that you need them. But seek his kingdom. And these things will be given to you as well. The words of Luke. Luke who said, you know what, I want to write a detailed account of what it is that Jesus has done. Why? So that those that read it will understand these are the words. This is what Jesus has said. This is what Jesus is talking about. Luke has written this so that what? So that you and I will know. Luke didn't know that at the time that he was writing it. 2,000 years ago, he's penning it because he's got friends around him, people around him that are asking questions. He's like, there's a lot that's taking place. And I want to know. I want to write a detailed account. And yet here we are 2,000 years later, and we are, we are benefiting from the fact that Luke said, I want to write a detailed account. And what do we learn from this? We learn this. We learn that we need to trust God with our future, right? You and I, we need to trust God with our future. Why? Because the question is, do we do that? When we worry, when we have anxiety, are we trusting God with our future or are we just holding back? Are we just a little bit, Lord, I don't know. Anxiety and worry is a state of mind where God is distrusted or discounted. 
Think about that. I mean, after all, that's not one of the big ones, right? That's not gossip. That's, that's not sexual sin. That's not me. So that's, that's one of the small sins that we can get away with because nobody really knows that, right? When I discount God or, 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 right, or, or I'm, I'm just not, I'm not holding on to, to everything, right? I'm just not trusting him in the manner that I should. It's not one of the big ones. It's a small one. And yet I would say it is a big one that catches us in our lives. And we need to be cautious in our lives. Why? Because God wants us to trust him. And if we want to overcome the worry, if we want to overcome the anxiety that is in our lives, we need to be individuals who are able to say, you know what? I want to get rid of that distrusting him. I want to get rid of the fact that I discount God's ability to do things the way that I want him to do them. So how do we overcome anxiety, worry, and fear? from this passage that we have just looked at. I believe it's this. I believe it's in this idea right here that we, that we trust the gospel of Jesus. And I want to walk through the gospel of Jesus because you're like, yes, I, I trust in Jesus. I trust that he died for my sin, and yet worry and anxiety still comes at me. It still grabs onto me. I think in this passage that we just looked at, that Jesus addresses these things, anxiety, worry, fear, and he gives us some pointers that we can look at. And it's this. Jesus points us first to creation. When anxiety, when fear, when they want to grip you, when they want to hold on to you, when worry wants to take, on, take you apart, Jesus turns and what does he do? He looks at creation first with the people right there that he's speaking with. When he's talking to his disciples, he tells them, listen, worry, these things come into your life. Let me help you out. Look at creation. Consider the ravens. They don't store, they don't go out and work, they don't sow, all right? I guess I shouldn't say they don't go out and work. They do go out and gather their food and bring it back, right? But they're not sowing. Their... Jesus is saying, look at the ravens. They don't do any of that, and yet I feed them. How much more important are you than they? He continues pointing them to creation, and he says, look at, the, look at the wildflowers. Consider the wildflowers. Consider that that's out there in the fields. Look how beautiful it is. See, we worry about clothing. We worry about appearance. We worry about how we show up. We make sure that, ooh, I look great and everything like that. And Jesus says, yeah, guess what? The, the flowers that grow and fade and wither away and they're gone in the heat of the sun, I clothe them better than Solomon in all of his splendor. And the people that are listening and hear him say, Solomon in his splendor, because that would have been the greatest of the great Solomon in his splendor, dressed so appropriately, dressed so wonderfully. And Jesus says, no, I, I want you to know that I, I, I dress Solomon better. Excuse me, I dress the wildflowers better than Solomon. So when worry starts to come at you and wants to attack you, take a look. Take a look out there at creation. That's what Jesus does. He points us to creation. But he doesn't stop there. Jesus also points us to family. And, and where does he point us to family? He points us to family in verse 30 when he says, for the pagan world runs after all such things. They're running after. They're out there chasing. We're all chasing something that's out there that we just can't grab onto tight enough and hold because once we get something, we need more. We need more of it. He just said the pagan world chases after all such things. And your father knows that you need them. Your heavenly Father, he points us to family, reminds us that we have a Father in heaven that is there for you. 
Some of you, you grew up with tremendous fathers, and for you, that's a great picture. For others, you may not have grown up with a tremendous father, and for you, that's a hard picture. And yet, God, Jesus wants us to know that we have a heavenly father that knows your needs, and he cares for you in a tremendous way. And yet, some of us take a look, right? We look around and we say, I, I don't know, I know people that do really well, and yet God doesn't seem to provide for them. He doesn't seem to care for them. So I don't know that I can count on him. I don't know that I can trust him. And it takes us back to that discounting of God or the distrust that we have of God. Sometimes our needs don't line up with his. Sickness makes us say that. What in the world is going on with sickness? If anybody shouldn't be sick, it shouldn't be that person. I'm always reminded of the story of John the Baptist. Jesus looked and said, there's no greater man born of woman than John the Baptist. And yet his life cut short. Why? I don't know. Jesus, you healed all these other people. You couldn't, you couldn't take care of. You couldn't get John the Baptist out of, you couldn't get him out of jail. You see, God has a plan that is at work in your life. And the plan is at work in my life. And we may not always understand it. But he is worthy of our trust. We have a heavenly father. Jesus points us to our family, God in heaven. And he gives us one more that he points us to here. And this, Jesus points us to his kingdom. And he says this, but seek first his kingdom, his kingdom, and all these things will be added unto you. See, what, what's my problem? When I have worry and anxiety, whose kingdom am I worried about? My kingdom. And, and I want to be so cautious on this because it's so hard in this world that we live on. It's not a point where let's beat you down until you understand, oh, stop, stop, right? No, it's so hard in this world that we live in. Why? Because who do I have to take care of? I do have to take care of myself. I do have to take care of my family. I do have to take care of those around me. There is a responsibility that needs to be mine. And yet Jesus also wants to remind us, no, 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 not just that. I want you to seek first my kingdom. Seek first my kingdom. He continues on by saying this, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Jesus points us to the kingdom of God. Sell your possessions and give it to the poor. All right? Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out. Um, a treasure in heaven. What's that? Looking forward to a kingdom that is there ahead of you that will never fail. Where no, no thief comes near nor moth destroys. We don't have to worry about theft in that kingdom. And God's there like, here's the kingdom that I want you to look at. And Jesus states, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Right? Jesus knows. He's aware. He's aware that anxiety, worry, fear are in your life. So he points us. He points us to creation. Take a look out there. He points us to family. We have a father that is God. He points us to his kingdom and says, look, there is something greater that you can't see, but it's there. Because he knows where our treasure is, there our heart will be also. Right? Where's your treasure? What is it that you like to think about? What is most important to you? in life. That's where your treasure is at. So I'm reminded, not only do we need to trust God with our future, but we need to trust God 
with our possessions. Is that something that we're able to do as well? With our possessions. Maybe we need to trust God not only with possessions, but with relationships, with the people that are around us. And maybe we need to be reminded to look out at creation. We need to be reminded to look up to a heavenly Father. And we need to be reminded to look forward to a heavenly kingdom that is coming. I don't know about you, but if you're anything like me, you're, you're forgetful, right? Yeah, see, a few of you are just like that, right? This morning, I ran upstairs. What did I want to get? I don't know. Still can't remember. I went upstairs for a reason to get something. Got a few other things, I'm sure. But I don't know what it was I was trying to go up and remember to get. We're forgetful. You see, we don't always see the gospel in creation. We don't remember our heavenly family. And we ignore the fact that there's a heavenly kingdom ahead of us because I'm so focused on the kingdom that is here in front of me. Paul Tripp says it this way, and I really like this quote right here. Yet in our anxiety, Jesus doesn't yell at us. Aren't you thankful for that? Exactly. In the midst of our anxiety, he doesn't yell at us. He doesn't throw up his hands and say, forget it. I can't believe you fools would chase after the world instead of me. That's not the words. Those aren't the words of Jesus. No, in tenderness and patience, he chases after us. One more time. Just one more time. If I can just grab onto that individual. If I can just grab onto that person. Chases after that individual. And he connects us to eternal unstoppable and glorious grace. We have a Savior that in the midst of our struggles, in the midst of your struggle, in the midst of my struggle, with anxiety, with worry, with fear, with things that are outside of my control, health, finances, whatever it may be, we have a Savior that reaches down to us in the midst of those struggles with grace in kindness and says, you know what? Look around, look up, look forward. That is where your strength is. That is where your hope is. That is where your comfort is. Pray with me if you would, please. Lord, we close our time together this morning. And God, we, I say thank you. Thank you to each one that is here today. And Lord, we say thank you for the time that we have had over, these past, uh, over this past year to build relationships, to be encouraged with one another, Lord, to hopefully strengthen your church. But Lord, as we join together this morning, we are a people that we certainly have fear. We certainly have anxiety. We certainly have worry. For some of us, it's money because we have money problems. For some of us, it's relationships because we have relational problems. For some of us, it's just insecurity and difficulties that we have in life, Lord, because we are uncertain. Because, Lord, we are fearful individuals. 
And yet, Lord, our Savior Jesus speaks into this circumstance. And Lord, you call us to yourself. So God, I pray that you would comfort and guide each one here. Give them strength, bless, and encourage them. And Lord, as we close our time together, I say this. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. God, we thank you that you are able to do more than we can even imagine according to the work that is within us, to your work that is within us. To you, Lord, may you have the glory. May you have the glory in your church and in Christ Jesus through all generations. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Let's stand and sing one more song together.